Hello, and welcome to Nobel S. Oblige, the podcast where we're ranking all the Nobel Prize winners from 1901 until we run out of people. I'm Quinn. I'm Maggie. Today we're talking about this year's Nobel Peace Prize laureates. So this year, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to Alice Bialyatsky Memorial and the Center for Civil Liberties. So Alice Bialyatsky is an individual, Memorial, and Center for Civil Liberties are both organizations. So from the Nobel website, the Peace Prize laureates represent civil society in their home countries. They have for many years promoted the right to criticize power and protect the fundamental rights of citizens. They have made an outstanding effort to document war crimes, human rights abuses, and the abuse of power. Together, they demonstrate the significance of civil society for peace and democracy. All sounds like good things. We, we love we love a good democracy, a good robust democracy. Yes. So um, yesterday when we said that it would be related to the current events, we were correct. These are all relevant for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So Bialyatsky is Belarusian. He is one of the founders of the democratic movement in Belarus in the 1980s. In 1996, he founded the organization Vyazna which provided support to protesters and political prisoners of the Lukashenko regime, which uh, that organization then evolved into a more general human rights organization with its main focus being against the torture of political prisoners. And Bialyatsky was arrested by Lukashenko in 2011 until 2014. And he was again arrested in 2020 after the mass protests that happened in Belarus leading up to and following the election. And he's still in prison to this day. Now he can say that he's won a Nobel Prize from prison. It's uh, it's not a great comfort. I am not entirely sure that if he knows that he's won a Nobel Prize or not. I don't know yeah, what that... the deal is with these prisons. His wife was the one that I think accepted the nomination from the uh, from the prize. So she had. I saw a quote from her earlier. I don't remember the exact wording of the quote, but it was something along the lines of like, "This is like a great." tribute to the memory like of what my husband has done and why he's in prison and hopefully will help invigorate people to continue fighting for the cause that he is sacrificing so much to be for. I was really worried you were going to say it was a great sacrifice to his memory full stop and no, I was no, going to no, be no, like no. that would be a very wild announcement at the Nobel Prize ceremony. No uh, as, I mean as far as we know he's still alive and fine. Yeah one of those. Yeah I I I don't know a whole lot about the intricacies of the authoritarian regime of the Belarusian government. So I don't know how easy or hard it would be for them to hide a thing like that. A lot of people know his name, at least in Belarus, it seems like, or or the people who are fighting for a more democratic government there, at least seem to know his name quite a bit. So I would think that they probably would would know if he died, but I don't know. There are usually ways of that being discovered. I also feel like the kinds of governments that enjoy imprisoning political dissidents also enjoy sharing when those political dissidents are no longer around to dissident. Yes. Also, the Lukashenko regime in particular is known for torturing political prisoners, hence the organization. Yeah. I hope that's at least like a small measure of comfort to his wife. You know, like that's got to be hard. Yeah, that's that's the understatement of the year. But like, yeah, we we have a a very privileged position here to live in a place where we don't really have to worry about that. 
kind of stuff. So it's very difficult to speak from any level of authority. But for whatever comfort it is to his wife, he's won the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition of all of these sacrifices that he's made in order to make Belarus a more democratic place and safer for people. There's still a lot of to go there. And, you know. Yeah. Now, the second one was an organization, uh, Memorial. It is a Russian human rights organization founded in 1987, in part by actually another peace laureate, Andrei Sakharov, to preserve the memory of those who had suffered under the human rights abuses of the Soviet government. And after the Soviet Union collapsed, Memorial started documenting instances of political oppression and human rights violations by the new Russian government, including a list of all political prisoners in Russia. They were instrumental in documenting the war crimes perpetrated by Russia during the Chechen Wars. And in fact, the head of the Chechnya branch of Memorial, Natalia Estemirova, was killed in 2019 as part of this work of of documenting those war crimes. Yeah. Now, Putin and his government are not happy about Memorial as they are about pretty much anything that calls into question any of the decisions they've ever made. Yeah. Yeah. And so in 2014, Putin's government labeled Memorial as a foreign agent. And in 2021, they forced the organization to liquidate and close a center that was dedicated to documenting the victims of the Stalin era. Hmm. Now, despite this, the people who run Memorial have continued to do their work. So the organization may have had to liquidate, but they're still around. And there's lots of people in the community that rallied around them to continue this very important work. And there are actually hopes that by awarding this prize to Memorial and highlighting what happened to the organization, what they're continuing to do, that it will help boost human rights activists in Russia. Yeah, I can't imagine that the Nobel Prize Committee expected like a different outcome from that. I am not the Nobel Prize Committee. I will not comment on their political motivations or leanings or or lack of like, I don't know how to say it other than like, even if it's just a byproduct, it was a byproduct they didn't care about, you know, so like whatever level of, of intentionality there is there. I do think that, like, they had to have foreseen that, like, awarding the Nobel Prize to this organization that is trying to be, like, pushed underground would make it harder to push them underground. Yes, I, I'm i going to go out on a limb here and say that that was probably on purpose. Yeah. Especially given the everything that Putin is doing to try to make life worse for everyone, especially Ukraine. Which brings us to our third laureate, the Center for Civil Liberties which is based in Kyiv, and it was founded in 2007 to advance human rights and democracy in Ukraine. Throughout their history since 2007, they have pushed the government to become more democratic and especially to join the International Criminal Court. So Ukraine uh, still is not a full member of the International Criminal Court, but they have at this point agreed to basically follow by all of its rulings for any crimes that are committed in their own territory. Yeah. So they've had quite a bit of success there. And since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, the center has been tracking and documenting war crimes committed by Putin's army. And in fact, even before the invasion, dating back to 2014, when they invaded Crimea, they have been tracking human rights violations and also the disappearances of people critical of Putin and the Kremlin. So they've been doing this for a while. 
Yeah, they... And they're doing very, very important work. Yes. They sound like they're busy these days. Yes. The There's a video of the, the leader of the center accepting the Nobel Prize this morning and, like, just very emotional because, you yeah. know... Yeah. It's that... very... It's, I would have to imagine very incredible validation for traumatizing work yeah that, that is very important that sounds like the kind of work that you like you one dedicate your life to it and two you aren't gonna hear a lot of praise for it because like the nature of war crimes is that like they are horrible for the person that they happen to obviously the people like in their family and then the people committing them obviously don't want you to pay any attention to them at all so right. nobody's gonna immediately be like thank you so much for doing this exactly. so that's gotta suck yeah now of course there's been some backlash to this mm-hmm. uh of course putin and lukashenko are not happy but they're war criminals so mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't really care yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to repeat the things that they said because I don't want to amplify their voices any more than it already is. Yeah, it's also, if you're really curious, it's not going to be hard to figure out what Putin said. Right. He's the president of an entire large country. Right. Yeah. However, there's also an advisor to the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, who said on Twitter, quote, the Nobel Committee certainly has an interesting understanding of the word peace if the prize is jointly received by two rep- by representatives of two countries that attacked a third Neither Russian nor Belarusian organizations have been able to organize resistance to this war. The Nobel this year is just super. Which I understand the sentiment, I guess, in the sense that, you know, Russia and and Belarus are obviously, like, I mean, Russia is obviously the instigator. Belarus is is an enabler and is certainly not doing anything to stop them and is, in fact, encouraging it. Yeah. However, I would point out that the... Belarusian citizen that was awarded the prize is currently being held as a political prisoner by the regime that is in that is helping the invasion of Ukraine for leading protests against that leader and the Russian organization that was awarded it was just disbanded by Putin's government for criticizing and working against that government. I have to assume that's like not like quite like a heat of the moment tweet because if you're a political advisor you can't really impulse you shouldn't really impulse tweet things but <laughs> like yeah I, not exactly a heat of the moment tweet but I do think like heavily influenced by like what they have been having to do for what is it like six seven months now yeah yeah like i i i certainly it, understand where the tweet is coming from yeah it seems like frustration over like hmm, this is easy for me to say as an entirely outside like third party to three parties involved but it it seems like the job of the nobel committee to try and recognize like the idea like the work towards the idea of peace and like open democracy that encourages peace and not necessarily like the side that is doing like the right thing in a war that's kind of over democracy you know like like in this in this instance right of course they recognize the the ukrainian organization which is doing incredible work yeah right but they're also recognizing that even within these dictatorial regimes there are people who are actively trying to stop those regimes from doing what they're doing yeah they haven't had success yet in overthrowing those regimes because of the nature of authoritarianism and dictatorship 
Yeah. But they are doing important work to, at the very least, keep the resistance against those things alive. Yeah. And in many cases, beyond that as well. Yeah. My, like, AP history and high school level understanding of dictatorial regimes and the resistance that, like, works to overthrow them is that it's not so much, like, a kick-down-the-door type thing. It's more of a, like, slow erosion of water possibly just through like droplets at a time depending on how bad things are so like yeah i almost think the prize and again i i know nothing john snow um (laughs) like i almost think the prize is more powerful because they chose to find the people in those places doing the same thing rather than just pick one side well they've they've effectively they have picked a side right yeah but it's not it's not a nation side it's right like the side a, is the this is the people doing the right thing yeah, yeah. which I, I yeah but yeah i think all three laureates well deserved yeah they must be so tired yeah like yeah. i can't imagine living like that that just takes something i think very few people have yeah. not even because like you know I, it's not even that I don't think people have that in them or whatever, but it's just like to be able to push through all of that on a daily basis. Yeah. The human race really is out here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that leads nicely into my recommendation for this week, which is to donate to any of those three organizations that I mentioned, Viasna, the Center for Civil Liberties or Memorial memorial even though they have been liquidated by the russian government according to their website at least they are still able to accept like basically the russian government can't stop them from accepting donations through their website they can just say that you're no longer a legal entity basically Mm. shut down physical locations but they can't shut down the website and also if you're if you're worried about that there is also a branch of memorial in france memorial france you can donate to as well and of course the other two organizations are still legally in existence and can be donated to normally nice i'm gonna recommend like a hug like if if you have someone in your life that you can go give a hug get a hug from give or get give and get you you, you kind of have to do both at the same time hugs are good especially when things are tough and it doesn't fix everything, but it does It does make it a little bit easier for just a moment. And sometimes that's really all you need. I'm actually, I'm going to do a secondary recommendation as well. Spicy. Which is, if you are in a place where you were lucky enough to do so, please talk to your elected officials about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Make sure that it is, you know, currently there's lots of public support for Ukraine, obviously, but by the nature of democracy, democracies tend to be very fickle because they are tied to the will of people and all of these things. So make sure that your elected officials are doing the right thing. If you are in a place where you are lucky enough to be able to have that effect on the political process, but that's it for us today. So we'll be gone for the weekend and then Monday we'll be back with the economics prize for the final day of Nobel week. I will do my very, very best to understand economic theory. If the episode is late, it's because that took me a while. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, But that's it for us today. Goodbye. Bye.